Uh, g'day, welcome to the Creative Recruiters podcast. Uh, my name's Ethan and I'm joined here with Nancy. Um, how are you doing today, Nancy? Good, thank you. Yeah, really well. Loving no. the sun that's coming out in Melbourne today. Oh no, it's actually been great. I feel like I'm a bit worried because I feel like we're still in winter, but it might hopefully stay sunny for a while now. Yeah, no, definitely. I hope so too. So, um, so tell me a bit about yourself. Um, Nancy, what are you doing now? How have you gotten to where you are now as well? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've actually just recently started a new job. I've taken a new role at Next, um, which is an innovation consultancy. Um, the parent group, uh, so funded by the parent group, Reese Group, um, mm. which you may have heard of from like Reese Plumbing or um, yeah, Reese Pools, a couple of other brands. Um, so it's like a construction company, but we're part mm-hmm. of a uh, innovation consultancy within that. Mm-hmm. And what have you been doing there? Yeah, um, so I guess what so what our model is that we we consult into the different brands of race. So race has mm-hmm. multiple brands, um, and then we're kind of set up like a consultancy where we've got a, re, a pool of resources. And so I'm one of the principal designers there, um, helping to grow the business, potentially look at external consultancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing our business um, so that we would be, yeah, consulting to race or, or potentially externally or, or whatever else that we like to do and we would like to do in the future. So, yeah. Oh, very cool. And what does a day-to-day look like as a principal uh, designer? Um, so it's running projects for, for different parts of race. You know, it could be like let's create a new offering, let's grow into a new market, um, mm-hmm potentially look at growing overseas or, or um, yeah, bringing out a new service. Um, it could be capability uplift for people within mm-hmm. race, um, within our team, growing our team, um, looking at how we can build pipeline with new work. Um, yeah, similar to a lot of sort of external consultancy type work, um, but this is like an in-house consulting team. Of course. And before um, next, you were at Deloitte, is that correct? Yeah, I was. Yep. So I spent quite a few years there um, working in sort of strategy and design. Um, so that's kind of where that was my lot of sort of foundations into external consulting, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and prior to that, I you know spent many years at Telstra doing sort of an in-house strategy, um, again, a similar consulting type role. So I guess that's always been sort of my bread and butter and and. Mm-hmm. That's led me to today, I guess. So, yeah. Of course. And have you liked in-house or external a bit more or what are the differences? I think I think they're both so incredible to have hand in hand, really, and, and mm-hmm. to have both under your belt. Um, I feel like I sort of my initial roots were actually in accounting, funnily oh. enough. I Accounting and finance. When I was in high school, I was told, you know, have a job in accounting and you'll never be out of a job. <laughs> and then when I started working, they started automating everything. <laughs> so that was just not true. Um, and But it meant that I kind of always had this sort of commercial background mm. and understanding, um, you know, the business and, and the business conversations and bringing in new projects and saying, no, actually, this is profitable for us rather than just having sort of a purist design perspective and I think mm-hmm. so having that in-house commercial background is really helpful and then bringing that and coupling that with sort of consulting and external consulting you understand 
you know, different industries, different products, mm-hmm. different services. You're always learning something different. Um, so that's that's an incredible learning. I think you your your expert you just expedite learning in a really short period of time because you're like an expert every few weeks. <laughs> you become <laughs> an expert every few weeks in something completely random and different. But I think having that in-house thing is that you understand then what the client wants as well. Um, so just I would say it's the both together is sort of the golden, mm-hmm. golden thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah course you want to kind of get expertise <clears throat> in as many places as you can and bring them all together so you can kind of help out yeah. your client who you're working for no awesome yeah exactly and what are the biggest challenges uh you face and how do you overcome them as a principal designer at next um i would say it's not necessarily next i would say it's probably all sort of consulting type roles mm-hmm. where you're thinking about bringing in perhaps some some form of change or innovation something new to the table that's kind of your role um and you're dealing with people that are just constantly trying to you know pay the bills as to say just Mm -hmm. say like they're dealing with the current and the now and um often quite deep in that um so so bringing something new can kind of sometimes cause disruption it can um change the way things happen um and people tend to freak out (laughs) over anything different Mm -hmm. i mean i know i do and someone just tells me all of a sudden doing something different um and also i think when you're in an innovation consultancy you're like often thinking about things quite into the future um and you know like which you kind of need to because otherwise your business might not be around if you're not up to date with trends mm-hmm. and things like that um but yeah that can that can cause panic sometimes and the way to come overcome it i think um well i don't know i don't even know if there's a there's the perfect answer for that <laughs> I think I'm still figuring it out, but I think it's bringing people along the journey, you know, Mm. showing them that actually doing this will help you and how will it help you get getting them to provide um, the input and the expertise, to be honest, like in consulting, you don't know, you don't know the business sometimes and you don't know Mm -hmm. the product service. They know it best. So um, giving them that voice is probably the key thing because then they're invested in the idea because um, mm. they've contributed to it as opposed to it's your idea and then they're like, who are you to tell me what to do, right? But mm-hmm. if it's their idea, then they're like, oh, I want this to do well because I put my name to it, so. No, yeah. no, of course, definitely. Change is scary. It's that, it's that transition, I guess, of going from one place to another. And I can imagine, yeah, yeah having them on, the, on your side or them understanding exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it would make it a lot easier. Yeah, totally, exactly. Um, And I know as a principal designer, human-centred design is a big part of your work, um, and it's a growing methodology gaining a lot of traction in the recent years. Uh, What trends do you see emerging across human-centred design? Uh, Good question. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if I call myself an expert. Um, It's it's always changing, I think. So, Mm -hmm. um, But maybe it's not a trend, but I think what's really important is um, and I guess to my background, it's making sure you you, speak, you bring the business requirements along with the customer requirements. Because I think mm-hmm. if you're just framing it in a very business problem way and, oh, this is what we're going to solve for the business, um, the customer doesn't care, may not even impact them, they don't want it, et cetera. Um, so the idea often fails. Um, mm-hmm. Similarly, if you're just looking at it from a customer perspective and you want it to be an amazing experience, but it's not sustainable for the business, it's not profitable for the business or, you know, 
it, it brings some benefit to the business, it's probably going to fail as well, or it's not going to be long-term. I think that's probably why MySpace didn't stick around or, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> you need to have both working together and both helping each other out um, to solve the problem. You need to have both conversations at the same time. So you can't mm-hmm. just be a purist design and you can't just be a purist business um, strategy. So it's it's bringing both together. I would say oh, that okay. sometimes that we're, yeah, maybe people need to bring that more forefront of the conversation. So, well, Of course. It, it sounds like this kind of seesaw. You're obviously thinking yeah. about the customer, but the business, and it's just trying to balance it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, you know, at the end of the day, we're, oh, I'm in a business and I'm in a for-profit business. And um, most of my consulting projects have been in for-profit and we run a business, you know, it's very different if you're in a government service or a not-for-profit, but you just, you've got to bring the both together, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, you win both that way. And it's a win-win situation rather than one over the other. Of course. So I think everyone loves win-wins. So that's good. <laughs> Um, so obviously there's a lot of change here there's a lot of innovation um, and obviously a lot of thinking to do where do you do your best thinking is it in the shower walking the dog (laughs) um I oh I think I talk out a lot to myself Mm -hmm. so I I, um probably look like an idiot but I do it when I'm driving um (laughs) and I, I prep for most of my meetings presentations interviews I do that when I'm driving around and I just pretend like I'm on a call or something and who cares if I look a bit funny. So I do that or I do it in the shower because I guess they're your times when you're just by yourself Um, Mm -hmm. and and I practice and, yeah, I'm a talker, so it's um, easy for me to to verbalise something. Even before I'm writing it out, I kind of verbalise it and say, just so that I, like, I hear it and I can see whether it sounds natural, whether it sounds forced or um, you know, often you, when you communicate something, it's going to be verbally, um, mm-hmm. even if there's something written, you're going to present it or something. So I just want to hear it before I kind of put pen to paper. So, yeah. Of course. A very like verbal learner or verbal understander, I guess. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. And, um, so and that's kind of my thinking. No. And I guess nowadays you could just kind of put AirPods in or anything like that. And then people yeah. just think you're on a call. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have, um, I may have taken it to an extreme and sometimes I'm around walks and mm-hmm. then I just feel like a big idiot, like just talking <laughs> to myself. And then, you know, accidentally the phone rings or whatever. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> now people have known, people know my secret. <laughs> anyway, nobody really cares. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly if it works it works you know yeah <laughs> um, and what is your creative process I guess is it kind of just that talking to yourself and walking through the motions or um my creative process yeah I think um I'm not sure I think I'm generally a very uh I work better with people um so I very rarely would I be working completely on my own on a project so we're very team focused Mm-hmm. Um, and if I am by myself, you know, I'll still be talking to the customer and bringing, you know, the customer or the business or whatever. So it's always with other people and it's just getting the right people in the room, uh, brainstorming ideas, maybe role-playing, like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, how would this experience work? Let's just try and act it out. Let's, you know, whatever it is. Um, so talking to people, brainstorming together, ideating together, um, bouncing ideas off each other is kind of my creative process in mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a work setting that's probably what I do um, and then I do like I'm a creative person outside of work as well and I think that just helps me relax and mm-hmm. 
you know, makes life more enjoyable in a way. <laughs> way so that when you go back to work, you're rejuvenated and you're not like, it's not just all about work. So I don't know, it makes your work better when you're having a, a good time outside of work as well, I think. So <laughs> oh, definitely. What are some of the things you like to do outside of work then? Um, I'm probably terrible. I am terrible at it, but I love, <laughs> I, I love um, photography. I love, oh. uh, you know, I've recently taken up painting and um, I'm so proud of it because I've never painted before, but my partner's like, looks like a child did it. And <laughs> my walls are full of like paintings from a child. But because <laughs> the passion is true and alive and um, I love it. So it's no. very calming and therapeutic just sitting there and not really thinking much. So. No, of course, that's great. I mean, as long as you like it, you know, you're passionate about it, that's all that matters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, and <clears throat> what is one common myth about your profession that you would want to debunk? Um, I, um, I think people have no idea um, what design a designer means. And mm. I personally hate going to like a barbecue on a weekend and saying I'm a designer because people just assume <laughs> like some visual arts person or I do cool mm-hmm. graphics. And to be honest, I probably work in Excel and PowerPoint way more than I do anything mm. my job um, per se. It's it's creative of the mind um, rather than anything. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I, I find it very hard to explain what I do sometimes because someone someone did say to me, think say you're like a business doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I, I mean, I told my mom that I've taken on this new role as a, as a principal designer at Next, and she goes, "Well, she said two things because I said it's it's uh, by race," and she goes, "Oh, are you having a midlife crisis? Like, do you want to <laughs> um, And B, she said, "But also, like, I didn't know you drew, so you know, oh. like, assuming as a as a designer that it was something to do with, yeah, so." It's, it's uh, one that I still haven't figured out. And sometimes I find it easier just to make up professions and say, I'm an accountant or I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> Uber rides home and like late nights can be quite fun. <laughs> no, of course. I've, I've run into a similar problem actually, because I'm studying service design at the moment and yeah. no one knows what it is. I'll be like, exactly. what do you do? What? No yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, um, especially on a night out, I can kind of just tell people whatever. It's like, oh, service design yeah. is this, you know, I fly to Africa and then I go to Germany yeah. and I send the people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. You get me. <laughs> um, and then what's one thing that you wish you knew when you began your career or anything you would say to people trying to start out in design? Um, I guess it's not specific to design, but I... Um, when I was a grad many years ago, um, mm-hmm. someone told me, and I was stressing out about my next rotations. It was like a, it was a Tostra and it was a three rotation program of six months each. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I picked the right rotations because this would impact my future and all of that stuff. And they said, a job is not a marriage. Think of it as like mm-hmm. a short-term fling or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something. <laughs> you know, you can change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not stuck with it for life and and to be honest that's been so true of my career I mean I started in accounting finance I went to procurement I've done you know bits of HR I've just I've done so much um and all of that's just led me to become a better overall rounded person I think rather than I would just say a designer Mm -hmm. um so yeah I would say that that you can always change if you don't like 
um, what you're doing, there's something else out there that's better for you. You go, you know, go, you just have to go find it. Mm-hmm. And I guess the second one that someone's told me is just you drive your own career and nobody really does that for you. So like I've always been, I guess, very proactive and, you know, trying different things and, and wanting to get different things out of my career. And I've kind of not waited for the opportunities to come to me because I often don't. Um, mm-hmm. And so every time I wanted to try something different, I've like actively sought out that. Um, and yeah, I would, I would give that advice to anyone starting out, drive it yourself, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be, Did- that would be- did you find it difficult then, I guess, because you have changed a lot or were you able to present, I guess, the skills you had as an account manager into a designer or was it kind of like a slower transition throughout the entire time? No, not at all. I don't think it was a slower transition at all because um, I think what that shows um, is like an ability to adapt um, mm. and ability to constantly learn. And um, I, I guess also when you're in consulting, you're constantly doing different things anyway. So even though I've tried so many different things, the underlying core skills are probably quite similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so the application is in different ways in different industries, different areas of the business, but the skills that um, I would say the foundations have been similar in that sense um, because mm-hmm. the core of what I like doing at work is always kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Um it's more that I just like variety. You know, we're not our parents, but we do the same job for mm. 30 years. It's just not that generation anymore. And um, and I think most people probably go down that path, you know, like where they want to be constantly learning something different and exposing themselves to different. So I think that's just the nature of it, to be honest, rather than it doesn't slow you down. Um, if anything, it shows that you're able to constantly learn new things and try new things grow as grow as an individual so yeah it's been a benefit to me um more than anything I'd say yeah no that's great I definitely think as well I guess we live in a world where there's so much information you can really do anything online you can try anything so it's very easy I guess to keep learning and upskilling yeah yeah Yeah. exactly um and then what are the key skills that you developed when working as a consultant because you said you've been able to transfer them from job to job to job what are they um uh, I would say probably your number one is being able to, it's all your like soft skills really more than anything. It's being able to connect mm-hmm. with people. Consulting is all about the business of people really and mm-hmm. um, building relationships. I would say number one thing more than any technical skill because it's like having that right mindset and attitude to want to work with people, to want to, you know, build that longer-term relationship. Like with consulting work just comes because you've done another piece with them or you worked with somebody else they know and they referred you. So it's all about the, the business of people, I think, um, and being able to collaborate better, being able to, you know, work in teams, all of that stuff and have fun doing it. Like nobody wants to work with someone who's super smart, but just awful. <laughs> like mm. I think in consulting they call it the airport test, like because you travel so much and if you get stuck on the airport for eight hours because your flight's delayed do you want to hang out with them at the airport that's what they look at when they're like hiring more than more than how well can you do business modeling like it's what because that stuff you can that can be taught um but whether you want to hang out with them for eight hours or not can't really change in that sense so yeah i would say it's those skills it's just um 
being able to work with people, communicate, communicate is probably like so important because we're doing that, you know, all day, every day. And as I say that, I'm probably rambling right now and (laughs) my poor communication skills. But yeah, I think that would, and then there's technical skills too, of course. It's like being able to communicate ideas, you know, verbally, but also um, either in a report or presentations or things like that, being able to, um, have some commercial acumen, being able to, um, yeah, lots of lots of technical skills, I think, because you, that, mm-hmm. that always changes and you grow over time and uh, being able to problem solve, be, like be a strategic thinker because you're often given problems that you have no idea about and you know nothing about the business um, and you need to be able to solve the problem. So it's mm-hmm. like how do you do that without any knowledge and how do you quickly learn what you need to and bring the right people together to help you solve that problem because to be honest you're probably not an expert in that space Mm -hmm. Um, so lots of technical skills but for for number one for sure it would be like working with people Um, Mm -hmm. and that skill you know is fundamental in any of those jobs I talked about Mm -hmm. that I had and so I think that stayed with me throughout Um, yeah of course and then because obviously you know you're very good at creating rapport um but how, I guess, would people like learn that themselves? Is it just kind of going out there and chatting to lots of different people or what did you find best? Yeah, um, oh, I don't even know how I learned it. <laughs> I guess it's just like now I think of it as um, comes to me, you know, without thinking about it. But I, I, I'm sure I learned it just by like working with people and mm. being open to lots of constructive feedback, observing how others do it. I've learned so much from people that are, you know, senior to me, junior to me, peers. Um, and the best way to learn is on the job. You know, I still remember all the little Excel formulas and things I learned in my very first year of working, you know, my old manager teaching me lookups and whatever it was mm-hmm. to, yeah, creating slides. And I probably was made, I remember my first slide that I made was awful. Like, because <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing and you just, you learn from feedback and you learn from um, being surrounded by people who have a lot more experience than you do. And you just have to be open to that. Um, and yeah. I'd say that's right. There's no course that I've done, I guess. Like there's no, or I have done lots of training programs and courses, but most of Mm -hmm. them I would say, you know, it's fun for two days because you get to be out of work for two days and it's like free (laughs) training and probably food. Um, But most of my learnings almost always has happened on the job. Of course. Well, no, thank you very much for today. It's been a great insight. I really like this idea of changing and always trying to learn and adapting. It's been really good. Thank you. No, likewise, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, great, great speaking to you. Yeah, great speaking to you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Ethan. Bye.